Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 70 of Tales of Tamriel, a Dungeon Crawler Network production. I am Agelos, your host, and with me this afternoon, he who's running the stream and, well, let's just hope he doesn't die this week. That would be Estelle, and how are you today, sir? Too late, just did. Too late, just died already. <laughs> oh. Yep. Nice. Ganked by two dirty sorcerers down there. <laughs> wacky sword at least it wasn't a dunmer dk right oh i don't mind them so much oh it's, it's the sorcerers, sorcerers I hate. yeah are you in cyrodiil at the moment are you just uh, i am yeah okay yeah I, I think um from what i've been seeing is sorcerers kind of been the meta of late like every time i went in everyone and their mother is a sorcerer in pvp lately yeah it's hard to go anywhere without tripping over one of them yeah, yeah. Streak is your friend. I see him popping all over the map every three seconds, so that's a thing. All right. Also joining us, uh, well, the guy who deletes all of his alts and just recreates them every other day. Probably. I don't know. Uh, that would be Avi. Avi, how are you today, sir? I'm doing good, and it's, it's something like that. I'm, uh, I'm battling the heat right now, so... Okay. It's very, very hot. My very hot in my city this last week. Uh, Killing me. It's been nothing but rain here. It's rained oh, the past two and I'll, a half. I'll days. trade you. California needs it, man. I'll trade you. <laughs> yeah, we've we've been having flood warnings, so that's a thing. All right. Also joining us, uh, guesting with us today. Um, you may have seen him streaming every once in a while. And by every once in a while, I mean pretty much every day, it seems like. Um, newest member of the Dungeon Crawler Network family and streamer for the PlayStation 4. That would be Setsua. How are you today, sir? I'm doing great, man. How are you doing? Excellent. I'm glad you could join us. I know I kind of sent you a message like last minute going, hey. So. Oh, that's fine. I didn't mind coming on at all. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Well, I hope you enjoy it and don't get too turned off and go eh, I'm just not doing anything with these guys ever again so <laughs> <laughs> no I wouldn't do that man. <laughs> excellent excellent all right well hopefully you'll have fun and we're going to roll well before we roll right into the news I'm just skipping ahead in my notes like crazy I had one week off because obviously for those who don't know um, 
uh, which if you listen to our show, unless you just now listening to it, um, Thais and I had had our first son. His name is Ezra, and he was born last Sunday at 546 in the morning. So we did not have a show um, because, well, obviously, giving birth to a baby Nordling. He did come out as a Nordling, not an Argonian, so our marriage is saved. He, he was nine pounds, um, so obviously he was a beastling Nord. I think he was 23 inches long, right? Yeah. Um, I was only like 21. This boy was like 23, so he is obviously a Nord, not a uh, not not a little Argonian. So our marriage is is safe for right now. Um, but that was why we didn't have our show last week. So we're back, and I'm just messing up our entire show. Uh, but before we get going, I have to say that this episode is brought to you by awesome fans just like you who are listening right now. Um, we are completely fan fan supported and um, if you're interested in supporting us uh, you could consider going to our website dungeoncrawlernetwork.com there's links there to either make a donation if that's what you want to do or become a patron of ours on our patreon page there's links to both of those on that site if you are unable to support us financially but still want to support us which you know we definitely help um, you can subscribe to us on our youtube channel channel or on our twitch page leaving us a review on itunes or you know consider telling a friend about us all these things help us out so much and we appreciate it so that is that is that means so much to all of us um now now we can move right on into game news and i don't have to mess up as much all right first up on game news even though this is about mm, a week old it's something we should bring up e3 happened last week uh june 14th i think it was was e3 and if you haven't got a chance to see it the bethesda showcase was just amazing um which i I guess one of the things if you looked at what zenimax presented it wasn't all that impressive compared to everything all the other people were doing because they didn't even show up at the event, obviously, because they had a console launch to do. Uh, they showed a small trailer, um, which compared to everything else that they showed wasn't impressive. But if you look at it in context of what it is, there's some pretty interesting stuff. Um, they showed things that we mostly already knew about, such as the Imperial City and Orsinium. Um but one thing that I was super excited about was they showed bear mounts, right? Who wants a bear mount? I do. I'll take one. Yeah. I'll take one. <laughs> I, I've always loved bear mounts, and I'm very excited to see that we're going to be getting bear mounts. So um, the other thing that they kind of showed, and Esteldian, we're going to get your impression first because we talked a little bit prior to the show, is they showed at the very end a teaser, which was nothing more than the black hand saying "We know." Estelle, yeah, I don't trust it. I, <laughs> I know everyone's like, right, that's coming this year. It's like, hmm. I know they said at the beginning of the video this is the stuff coming, but the hand at the end—they didn't really show anything. Obviously, Dark Brotherhood related, except for the hand, which they've shown at QuakeCon. Um, Whereas the other videos, yes, they've shown them before, but there was new bits in there that you hadn't seen before. So 
the hand was just a light. It, it seems to me like they're sign off now when they do their funky videos to show off what's coming. So I'm not entirely sure that when they do an announcement saying what's coming in the road ahead, I think people might be disappointed. I could be wrong. Hopefully I'm wrong, but it just didn't convince me as a, uh, a yes, this is coming. Okay. Uh, Avi, sir, what are your thoughts on, on the entire video, really? Well, I, I think we're going to see the Dark Brotherhood this year. They, they said that the things they were showing were things we we're going to see this year. Imperial City, Rothgar, Dark Brotherhood. So I'm, I'm hoping to see it. I'm just more curious of how they're going to implement it into the game. Like if they're going to add the Dark Brotherhood maybe with Orsinium or if they're going to re-bring re back the old zones and add the Dark Brotherhood quest line throughout them. Uh, I'm I'm really curious of how they're going to put it all together. All right, uh, Setsua. Yeah, I think that it's going to come out around November. It seems like everything usually does come out around November. That's what I'm hoping for, at least, because that'd be a nice little birthday present. <laughs> <laughs> Were you a Dark Brotherhood fan? Oh yes, definitely. I always do everything with Dark Brotherhood in any Elder Scrolls game. Okay. Um, little side story. When this came out, I watched the entire E3, you know, the entire E3 uh, showcase from Bethesda because it was just something that I was really interested in. They did show quite a bit of interesting things. Um, but when I saw the trailer, I was excited. So I, of course, immediately grabbed it, put it on my phone, and sent it um, to Thais. And I said, listen... You're going to want to watch this. So she watched it and she handed the phone back on. Eh, you know, that's cool. But, you know, we've, we've already known about Imperial City and um, and Orsinium for a while. You know, they've been talking about them for a while. We've seen new art. There was nothing really new in the trailer itself other than the fact that they did say both of these DLCs are due out this year. That is, you know, that's coming right from uh, what is his name? The German um, community manager Kai, who is saying this, all this stuff is confirmed for this year. So we're expecting to see all of it this year, at least these two DLCs, which is actually not bad in the, in the later half, the last six months of 2015, we're going to get two DLC. So a new, new big DLC every three months. I, I kind of like that cadence. That seems pretty good to me. Um, if they can keep up with it anyway. Uh, but anyway, I showed it to her. She handed it back. She was like, yeah, not really impressed. I said, no, 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 no. Handed the phone back, said, rewatch the whole thing and do not hand the phone back to me until you've watched the entire thing. She's like, all right, all right, I'll do it. So she watches it, gets to the very end. She sees the black hand and all I hear is a, oh my goodness, does this mean? I'm like, yep, yep, yep. This is, I'm un under the notion that Dark Brotherhood will be part of one of those two factions whether it's um or one of those two dlcs i'm leaning closer towards um orsinium because i think it would kind of fit with the uh with the orcs and whatnot their whole storyline how they're all kind of you know well most of you play daggerfall covenant so you know the uh, orcs are a little sore over the fact that you know their entire city has been raised to the ground like three times or twice now so i think the dark brotherhood would fit in really well with orsinium but she was very excited to see that 
And uh, that that was something that I thought was very, very cool. So I'm very excited to get to see all of that. And I, I really do believe all the stuff's coming out this year, including the Dark Brotherhood. Um, chat room, I'm kind of curious to hear what you think. Feel free to shout out and go from there. I see Ark already says bear mounts. I'm keeping my crowns for such things because um, bear mounts are great. All right. Next up, I do. I want to mention this because this was something that um, it's not really related to the Elder Scrolls Online, but it's something that I thought was super cool and possibly may have some overarching connection and i'll explain in a second they also announced another game for the elder scrolls which is the elder scrolls legends which is a digital card game uh which will be probably available what i'm imagining pc ios android kind of kind of deal you get to play it on tablets and whatnot um i know a lot of other games such as hearthstone uh for um, world of warcraft has been really really big and I am shamelessly addicted to Hearthstone, so I'm super excited to play a card game based on the Elder Scrolls. Um, now, the reason why I really wanted to bring this up is, A, I, I need people to play with, so you know, send me messages because I'm going to be challenging people like crazy. Uh, and B, the reason why I'm bringing this up is I think it could have a connection with the Elder Scrolls Online. During the E3 um, presentation, they talked about releasing Bethesda Net, which is sort of similar to Blizzard Net, you know, BlizzNet, BattleNet, whatever it is, where all their games are going to be kind of arcing together. You you open this little console and you'll be able to see, you know, oh, my friends are playing, you know, Elder Scrolls V Skyrim. Oh, they're playing ESO. Oh, they're doing this. Everything under the Bethesda umbrella will be played through this. Now, the thing that Blizzard does is they often do cross promotions within their games. If you play so and so item, you may you can earn rewards in other games, such as um, beating playing Hearthstone earns you like a mount in in World of Warcraft and some of the other stuff. And I'd be kind of interested to see if they try to package that in with with um, Elder Scrolls Legends, such as giving you items in in uh eso maybe from their card packs being able to redeem cards for crowns something along those lines would that interest anybody um let's avi let's get your thoughts uh i mean yeah sure that sounds really interesting i like the idea of them implement they're adding eso legends into elder scrolls online make it almost like an award style thing you know yeah play the game a certain amount of certain loss or a certain amount of time you do good or whatever sorry i don't know how hearthstone works in any way i've never played this game i've never played an online card card game but i like the idea that it can kind of be mixed in with eso okay um setsua let's hear your thoughts i would definitely be willing to give it a shot i've never really played any um card style games at all besides uh might and magic on like PS2 a long time ago. <laughs> so that'd be the that'd be the only time I really uh, ever tried a card game, but I would definitely give it a shot, though. Okay, excellent. Um, Esteldian. Uh, yeah, no surprise, not really my kind of thing. Not being in the card game at all. Funny enough, I used to be a Magic the Gathering kind of player years ago, but 
uh, my days of collectible card game style, digital or not, is uh, is no longer. Right. But hey, if some people want it, then go for it. As long as it, yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> really, no interest whatsoever. Right. Well, you know, that's I know that's kind of a marketing strategy that Blizzard does, where I have no interest in like I I played World of Warcraft. Um, and I played Diablo. I like those. I never really cared about their Starcraft or anything. But the way they try to get people into all their other games is they offer cross promotions where, hey, you play this, you could earn a reward in the other game, you know, um, whether it be mounts in, in their MMO or, or banners in Diablo or special portraits or something like that in Starcraft. They try to connect it all together. Um and, and I, I like that idea. I, I like it a lot. Um, so I, I like it. And especially with their Bethesda net, they're going to put everything together. It'd be kind of neat to see all that. And I know they're trying to move into the mobile gaming where they've already released. Uh, what was the other game that I've been playing pretty much nonstop on my phone? Um, Fallout Shelter. <laughs> uh, uh, that it's a it's a time waster type game. But oh, my goodness, do I waste so much time on it? So I don't know. I, I kind of like it. I like that kind of stuff. And especially with card games, it, it could be another form of revenue for the company. Um, and I see Arkinger said he will be spending a lot of time in Elder Scrolls Legends. Um, I don't like Hearthstone due to it being kind of pay to win and requires you to spend tons of time to actually achieve anything. I, I imagine this game will be very similar, unfortunately. Yeah. It, it's They give you a basic deck that you can learn, but then they they offer the card packs. Now, do you ever have to spend anything? No, you could in theory earn everything through just playing the game. That's how Hearthstone does it, but it takes a very long time and you need to win a lot in order to, you know, it's sometimes easier just to throw down your credit card. Um, so, you know, Oh, and I want to give a special welcome to, uh, Sky Guy 225. He's in chat right now and he's like, Yeah, this is my very first live show. So he's very excited. Thank you for joining us, man. We appreciate it. Um, I, yeah. All right. Back to topic on the, I don't know. I just like card games because it's something I can do while I'm at not at home, is what I'll say. For, you know, I'm not at home. You can fill in the blanks there. And it it's just something that I like to do. I admit that's a very good perk, actually. Yeah, you know. <laughs> there could be mileage in this game after all. Yeah, especially <laughs> if they somehow or another tie it to ESO that you can earn rewards in ESO, such as breaking down cards, you know, to earn crowns in game or something like that. That would be awesome, you know, earn extra crowns. Oh, OK, break down cards, get a handful of crowns. It doesn't have to be a lot. It can just be a little bit, but still something that you can do. I like that idea. <laughs> I know <need> crowns. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 yeah. something that they could really do, or or they could encourage it as you know people spending money. Oh, you got a pack of for the card game. Oh, they had a special reward card that's five hundred crowns. You know, something along those lines where they can actually kind of mix and match. And also, it would be a good way of cross promoting the people who are just into doing the card game. Going, you know what I. I'm kind of interested in picking up that, you know, ESO because I got all these rewards for it. You know, maybe I just pick that up now. Um, just something to think about. I, I kind of like that idea. So 
All right. I won't spend any more time on the card game, but it, it was something that I thought was interesting. Um, Elder Scrolls Online, the Tamriel Unlimited. Now, this was last week, mind you. It may have changed, but it was the number one selling physical game in the United Kingdom on Xbox. So as of, I guess, two weeks ago, it was the highest selling physical copy game in the United Kingdom. That's pretty impressive. Uh, at least I think so. I don't know. Not a bad achievement at all. Yeah, exactly. Um, let me see if I can pull it up here. I had it. Uh, it uh, beat out... <laughs> well, number two was Lego Jurassic World. So, I mean, that's that's pretty interesting. And Ooh. number three is Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. So, it beat out quite a few games... Um, you know, Witcher 3, Payday 2, which is kind of interesting, Grand Theft Auto 5, FIFA 15, which that's surprising, um, and a few other ones like Splatoon, Battlefield Hardline. But yeah, um, number one selling game for Xbox in the UK as of 6.15. So that is that is really cool. Um, let's go around and, and we'll talk about it. Um, Steldian, since you are from the UK... Well, not much to say other than the fact that obviously we've got great taste over here. You know, it's, <laughs> we know a good game when we see one. Uh, that's right. I like it. I like it. Um, Avi. Yeah, I think it's cool to hear. I've heard PS4 and Xbox on ESO is pretty populated. And a lot of people thought it wasn't going to be too populated in Sarah Elm stuff. So I'm really happy that the the game's getting love over there in the UK. Nice. Um, Setsua. I'm really um, glad that actually that it's doing very well over there in the um, European part because the game is very, very nicely done. And I know a lot of my German friends will be very excited to see a very populated server on consoles in general. Right. Yeah, definitely. It's, uh, you know, uh, I think I know a lot of streamers and stuff are even going away from PC Um because let's face it, if you look at the, if you looked at Skyrim's numbers, it's like 12 million copies or whatever. The biggest part was actually Xbox. That was the largest grouping of players was actually from Xbox. So that it's not totally surprising because the Elder Scrolls fans sort of migrated away from PC around Oblivion time. Um, cause that's when Xbox 360 and all that stuff came out and that's where the majority of fans seem to have congregated. So the consoles probably are fairly large. I doubt we'll see any numbers anytime soon, but it, it would still be interesting sort of as a sideline, but not that's sort of related. Um, the steam sales of the elder scrolls online, Tamriel unlimited have actually switched over from when it first came on steam from being mostly negative reviews to now it's carrying a mostly positive. It's if I remember correctly, it's in the top five most positive games right now on steam. I might be off on that, but it's, it's definitely in the top numbers. It, it com- did a complete turnaround on steam. So that's kind of interesting as well. On Twitch too. The game is getting very good review. Uh, very good high numbers on Twitch. So that's nice to see them up there. Right, right. Yeah, I think, uh, what was it? 
two or three date no it would have been when it just launched on consoles but it was in the top 10 of stream games yep which that's impressive in and of itself beating i think it beat out hearthstone and a few others so i was i was very excited to see that as well that that is very cool all right it's deserved as well i'd like to point out i know pc people are somewhat in a negative mood sometimes due to the fact that it's been so long since content because even though I understand why they're a bit bitter about it but the game has come a long way despite no loads, no new content the actual game itself is just much more outside of serial at least much more stable and you know all, a lot of the issues that plagued earlier on are long gone so it deserves its turnaround I think they have worked hard on it right no, I definitely agree with you on that. I mean, even other sites that gave it negative reviews have re-reviewed it. And I mean, the game is a lot different from what it was back when it launched on PC way back in April. I mean, this game has changed more than most any other MMO out there that I know of. It has done an insane amount of changing. So it's it definitely worth picking up and checking out. I mean, obviously if you're listening to our show, you're either picking, you're already playing it or you're thinking about it. it it's definitely worth it now. Uh, I believed it was worth it before, but it's even better now. It's barely the same game as it was. They've made so many changes that have made it both more MMO like for the MMO players, as well as more Skyrim ish, um, the addition of the justice system. Like I've been playing other MMOs on the side um, as well, just on and off. And every time I get into another game, I go, why can't I pick that up? Why can't I steal that? Um, It's definitely a feeling that's very awesome to have. And it's unique to this game. I don't know of any other MMO that really allows you to to do that other than maybe Ultima online. Um, So definitely, definitely worth checking it out. And uh, if, you haven't go check out some streams listen to us talk about it and yeah pick it up because it's awesome and all just right one more thing just one more thing oh yeah about it, it being on the up and up reddit's now almost got what sixty thousand subscribers onto the uh yeah now which is a big change from the rather small numbers it had for quite some time before console came and revitalized it all it almost doubled its numbers it really has and I, I will say, uh, you know, picking off of Esteldian, the game has done well, especially on console. I think it's done insanely well on PC. And the, obviously the PC crowd is angry that they haven't got any new updates and in a very long time. It's been like, what, eight months now since we've had any substantial update. It's yeah. been an excessive amount of time. And I know that is really, really hard on PC players, especially MMO players who go, listen, I've left because there's no new content. Um, I really think that's going to be changing now that consoles are now out. They have no further expansion plans. I I think we're, we're in the area where we're going to start seeing the game more often. Um get updates like too big DLC. I hope that they do some good stuff um, specifically for this game. We'll, we'll definitely see Um, we need to see new content on PC. And I think that will bring back a lot of people to the PC side when we start getting 
more updates for PC. Speaking yeah, I've of, rarely had, oh, go oh, ahead, buddy. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, no, 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 oh, no, don't say anything. I, I didn't know. Go uh, ahead. I, I've, I've rarely had problems on the PS4 since I've got it, and I've actually had like three of my friends watch me for like two days on stream, and then go out and buy the game, and then pretty much powerhouse through it and enjoy it a lot. Oh, that's the awesome. The game has done really well. Yeah, it's it's done really great with me. I'm. It's definitely worth the whole one year that I waited for it. <laughs> uh, yeah, at least with the I know the PS4 community and, and the Xbox community, the whole console community at this point has a very you guys, are, I guess, will be very lucky at this point because everything is fresh and new to you guys. You have all this content that we've been playing for about a year now available to you to play so you you guys will be sated for a little while a little longer than than what the pc players are i just really hope that they start moving on the actual release cadence so that way pc players don't completely abandon the game for something else because unfortunately pc players are fickle and unlike console players who don't have a lot of mmos to pick from i mean eso or destiny or if you're on ps4 you can play final fantasy um that's about it but there's a lot of mmos on the pc side that people are like hey if you're not gonna keep me interested then i'm gonna move on so and eight months this is similar to pretty much the huge drop off in uh, world of warcraft numbers when they made people raid siege of, siege of orgrimmar for a year no updates for a year everyone tended to leave and that's what's happening right now. Now, of course, when the new expansion came out, everyone came back again um, and went from there. Uh, Sky Guy 225. Uh, right now, we are streaming PC side of things, yes. Um, but if you're interested in checking out console, uh, Setsuo streams almost every day. And I will be posting up his schedule here shortly. Um, I might actually even put, put it up on the event calendar as well. All right. Talking about updates, there was an update to the PC and Mac side, and console players got it on June 29th. That's what I'm seeing here. Oh, PC, Mac. Okay. Um, we got another group. I'm trying to find it all in here because all the different places are different now. Um, but there was a new patch updated, which is version 2.0.11, which is an incremental patch that introduced the Sigic Ambrosia and Experience Point Booster and Limited Scaling and Battle Leveling Consumables. Um, you can read about the additions below, as they say. We have fixed a number of issues involving awkward shield animations, flying sorcerers, weak flesh actronauts, and more. The size of the patch was approximately 2.8 gigs for English, 600 megs for German, and 3.6 gigs for French. So, the big update here is the Sigic Ambrosia experience point booster who wants who wants to take this first how about Audi? i'll take oh, i was gonna say i'll take it all right go ahead all right so uh i've been messing around with these all week since they've came into the game of uh, i've been messing around with the scrolls and i've been messing around with the drinks the thing about the drinks obviously people are learning is that they only last 30 minutes as to the other ones last two hours so there's a big complaint about that. Obviously, everybody expects that the Crown Store one should be a little less than the ones that you can craft. 
Now, obviously, if you have provisioning passes, I think you can get that up to about 50 minutes. I might be wrong there. I'm not sure. But obviously, still not enough. Uh, now, you know me. I've been talking about it. I love the idea that these are into the game. But I really do wish that the crafting ones were had more time or did something to make them better than the XP scrolls that they just added to the crown store. Okay. To be uh, fair, if you're a proper provisioner, you make four every time. So if you do have all your points, you're making four potions of 45 or 50 minutes each. So I think someone worked out you actually technically get three hours and 20 minutes from the crafted version rather than two hours from the crown. So while on the face of things, it doesn't look oh, good. Wow. And if you're just buying them from people where you might end up paying ridiculous money for one potion, you feel a bit ripped off. But actually, if you put in the effort yourself, you will find you're actually much better off crafting them than you are buying them from the crown store. It's something a lot of people haven't realized. And it's just a handy little thing to throw in there in case anyone does feel like screaming and shouting about buy to win. Okay. Um, yeah, I did notice that, that it, a lot of it was... Um, yeah, there were a lot of different, uh, for, like you can make four of them at a time for the crafted ones. I think the big thing with it is they are going for fairly large prices. Like, I don't know if you guys have seen current prices, but the current prices for the fragments are somewhere in the 175 to 200,000 gold range is what I've been seeing them sent off for. Um, and the individual actual things are going for about, well, I saw someone selling for 5K earlier, but I've seen them all the way up to 20K gold per phys- or Sigic Ambrosia. Um, that's, that, that's a little pricey. It's a little pricey. Um, maybe not totally pricey. Too bad, but what are, what are you seeing, Estelian, on the EU side of things? I'm kind of curious. Uh- I've not paid huge. I have seen the fragments of someone trying to sell them for about 300,000 a piece, and... I've seen the potions dropping down to about 8,000 so far. Maybe even less. I've not, not paid too much attention, but 8,000 was what I last saw. Um, it's no surprise. Then you and the prices have been gouged as hell. Um, even over day, I think the fragments start like a million, and they're already dropping down. So be a bit patient. Even if you are someone who feels the need to be competitive and drink potions all day long, you wait a little while, and you'll be picking up for probably a couple of grand a pop. Okay. Um, so... Just wait it out like anything that comes out brand new. Look at the Dreamer motives when they first turned up. The little purple ones were like <laughs> almost as much as a bloody um, Daedric one. And now they're dirt cheap to buy as well. Right. I made a fortune on uh, Dwemer ones back in back in the day when I was selling them for like 30k a piece. Now they're down to about 5k. Um, but people were buying them because they're like, hey, I need that. And that worked out for me because I was able to get a whole crap ton of money because people were buying them from me for, you know, 20, 30 K a piece, if not more. Um, now you'll be lucky to sell it for more than five K if at all. Um, but that, that's how everything goes with supply and demand. People can, when it's rare, people go, Hey, I will sell it, but I'm only selling it for this much. And, you know, obviously <clears throat> it, it, uh, as it becomes more available, the prices will generally go down. Uh, for those who are interested in actually finding these, you get them from provisioning writs. You get, that's how you get the actual fragments. So uh, the higher the, the writ is, the more likely you are to actually pick up a fragment. So get out there and do your, do your writs and 
then we'll start flooding the community with them. So, um, yeah, interesting. Let's see. Was there anything else within these patch notes that anyone found of interest? I didn't really see anything else that was kind of still no dungeon experience boost. <laughs> right, right. <clears throat> I don't. I don't know. I. <sighs> yeah, dungeons just it just needs to go up because you want to run dungeons and be successful. Like I want to. I have all these characters I need to level. But the only thing that seems effective is questing or grinding mobs. Doing dungeons, which I consider to be fun content, barely gets you anything. So I guess that's where I'm stuck at at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next little bit of news. Let's see here. I'm lost my track here. Okay. Uh, Console known issues, which I... (sighs) Let's ask Setsua, have you had any any issues of late with the console side of things? The only issue I've really had is a massive amount of lag um, during peak hours when everyone's trying to cram into the game. And then it will kick you out automatically and give you some stupid error. Talk about you have like too many messages or something like that. And then we try to go back in. It says you have like a five million minute wait time or something <laughs> like that. Something very dramatic. It's like, oh my god, I don't think I'll wait that long. <laughs> but then it goes by in like five minutes. But it just tells you you have to wait that long though for some reason. Okay. All right. I wasn't sure. Like this was an older thing. That's why I was kind of curious whether or not it was still having issues. Um, because um, this was like two weeks ago. I wasn't really sure if they had fixed any of this or if it's still being a massive problem. They fixed that part, like the five million weight. They fixed that a little bit. Um, now it gives you like the proper time on how long you're going to be in line for. Okay. But um, the, the lag, it, it gets a little bad, but that's understandable during peak time hours for any MMO game that's um, highly populated you're going to get a lot of lag so I don't really hold the game up against that too much (laughs) yeah this is true alright let's talk about let's do that alright next up in news is this is tends to be a thing that I didn't really know about but it's the there's a website now called esotulfg.com which is an external website for actually finding a group for dungeons within ESO. Now, the reason why I think this is interesting, because another game did this, which was Guild Wars 2 back in the day, because there was no actual grouping system like in the game other than shouting for groups. There was no dungeon finder. There was nothing like that. Um... It looks like players have now moved on to using external sites in order to log in and find groups since the dungeon finder quote unquote doesn't work. Um, And obviously we know dungeon finder doesn't really work because you can be sitting in there for a long time um, or barely find groups or anything of that nature. And I'm not sure what exactly would be the issue. And some people are like, well, you know, oh, DPS 
queues are, are very long. Well, of course they are. But I know tanks and healers who sit in there for hours as well, so it doesn't really make much sense. Um, hmm. So that that is that is something that I've been thinking about. Um, have you guys used any external sites to, I guess you know, find your groups? Uh, Avi. No, I have not. Okay. Um, how about uh, Steldian? Have you? Uh, no, I've got a guild, so if I want to <laughs> run something, I'll get them. Although, actually, to be fair, I also just hang out in Stormhaven. Sometimes I like to uh, go with pugs because it's a bit refreshing. It's the only way to keep dungeons entertaining after this long. It's kind of nice to go with strangers. But I'm quite tempted to give it a go, just to find some more people and just go in, because usually people need a tank, so I'm happy to come along and fill up a role, because usually I feel sorry for them in the Stormhaven as I see someone shouting. I've, I've been there doing whatever, selling, and about 10 minutes have gone by and they're still looking for that last slot for their tank. I'm like, oh, I'll send the tunnel, come along with them, I don't care. Hmm. So, but it's a good idea, I think it's great to have a, It's kind of funny that both consoles and PC have the same issue, the, the digging for group tools still sucks. Um, and it's funny to hear the consoles still have the same, you've just been spamming, so we've kicked you out. So, good to see they've, they've got the same suffering that we have. <laughs> yeah. I, I haven't used this site yet, and I'm tempted to, because I used to use the one for Guild Wars 2, because it used to be such a pain to find people. Like, as much as they were toting that Guild Wars 2 has no tank healer DPS, just find four people and run, it was still difficult to find groups, because people wouldn't want to take you unless you were a certain meta build. So it was very refreshing to find other websites. You could just post, find people. You could go out and do other things without having to sit in Lion's Arch or... You know, in this case, it, you know, Stormhaven, just wait and see if there's someone, you know, asking for a group. I have to do very similar things um, in Deshaun. You sit there in Mournhold and try to find a group for, you know, like vet dungeons and pledges. So eh, I might actually end up using this as well. Um, is it an issue that players are having to go to outside sources to find groups i'm just going to open it up and whoever wants to say something can do so hell yes <laughs> it is unbelievable after a year that they still have not managed to come up with a working looking for group tool it is and it's just it i just can't understand it it's not that complicated final fantasy 14 had a great one with it well they had two they had one that didn't really work too well at first but they had the party finder where you can actually choose and actually announce to everyone why this game hasn't at least put that into the game which i think it was probably one of the best aspects of final fantasy 14 funny enough it was a great way of meeting people go hey you know we've got four out of eight we're looking for these four more people to go do whatever and people just come along so you knew what you're going to you knew if it was an elitist group because they'll say you know we want you to have xdps and you do this blah 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 you know, so it gives you a chance to get an idea of whether you're actually going to think regret going with these random people. And that's the problem with normal looking for groups is you, you end up with people who are real chumps. You're like, oh, why did I do this? Whereas a nice little party finder board works great. So if, if Zoss really can't fix what they've got now for the looking for group tool, at least add a party finder tool. And then ideally one day fix the looking for group tool as well. So you've got them both working. It's, it's a win-win situation. Get on it. I agree. Um, that is... Funny enough, that's one of the things that I loved most about Final Fantasy XIV as well, was their party finder tool. You open it up, and it's just a bunch of people like you could contact them nice and easy. They picked the dungeon that they were doing, or raid that they were doing, and they could write a small blurb of text going, you know, this is a learning party, you know, let's get this done. Or, you know, you could actually write a little bit about what you were expecting from the group. 
And that was wonderful just to sit there. I opened that up almost all the time. Just open up and went, okay, is there any, you know, I w- wouldn't necessarily even been, had something in my mind that I wanted to do, but I'd look through and go, oh, somebody's trying to run, you know, Titan Extreme. Yeah, I could do that. I could do that. I think it'd be wonderful to be able to pull up a little menu, just a bunch of people writing, you know, there are groups going, hey, forming um, for vet pledge, gold plus, you know, whatever the case, and it shows what they need. You can just click and join or whisper and join. I think that'd be awesome. It'd fill up insanely fast. And you and you wouldn't have to spam um, trade chat or a world zone chat every five seconds going, this is what I'm looking for. I like that idea a whole lot. It'd be especially awesome for console guys because they don't have the chat. To oh yeah, this is so, true. Yes, it really is a, an ideal situation to add that. Yeah, it's a lot of spamming from people when um, they're trying to do the voice chat. Everyone's like, "Oh, I'm looking for a group," and then you have some troll that tells someone to pretty much stop talking, and they start fighting. Then you end up turning it off, basically. Mm. That and then the group finder is not really all that great. Like I'm trying to use it now uh, for my character just to see if I could even get a group. And I got a group, and then everyone was scattered across the map, and everyone just disbanded because there was just no one wanted to meet anywhere. Basically, hmm. I was actually kind of curious to see how that was going to work out uh, with consoles. And that's that's kind of crazy. And actually, someone in chat, uh, Q Dizzy P said, even some of the quests that were broken on PC are still bugged in consoles. <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> oh, that's to to be fair, there, I would imagine a lot of that is to do with the same issue that Zoss had, which is the mega server was causing the problem with so many people on release, and obviously. P- uh, the PS4 and Xbox have the same issue. Loads of people. And I think it's a mega server technology issue that you just have a bajillion people and it's causing things to break and there's not necessarily exactly a cure for it because it kind of cures itself when the excess amount of people start spreading out. So hmm. that's a slight defense, but yes, it's still pretty embarrassing. Right. Definitely is definitely very embarrassing with that. I can't believe that's still going on. All right, let's talk about data mined items, including glass armor, needic armor, and bag space, as well as tri food, which is already in the game. Um, but it looks like you'll be able to buy bag space now with crowns. Thoughts? No, no thoughts. No one. No, I don't mind it, at least, yeah. as long as it's not like overly priced, but I would be more glad to throw down like five or so bucks just to get some extra bag space. Okay. Yeah, that's, I mean, it, it's available. I'm not too worried about it, especially if they do something like what they did with, um, with, the horse riding skills kind of yeah yeah it's available in game but it should be priced around a certain amount like it it shouldn't be i don't believe it should be more convenient to send out um and spend cash than than actually farming the gold like it it shouldn't be so in like that's what all those terrible asian free-to-play mmos do 
where they're like, oh, yeah, you can do it in game, but it'll take you a year of hard grinding nine hours a day to get or you could throw down 20 bucks. Um, I honestly don't think earning that much money is that difficult. Maybe early on, but for about you can max out your bank and your character for roughly 800,000 gold, which sounds like a lot. But in reality, it, it it doesn't. It's not that bad. It's really not that bad. Um, I don't I don't mind it. It's it's not that big of a deal. Um, what do you guys find that to be an issue or no? I don't mind. I don't mind the, the extra bag space as long as you can't buy more bag space in the store than you could mm. max out in the game. Uh, just like that's the, what I was just like with the. Yeah, it's just like with the horses, you know, you can't go any higher, any lower by buying the stuff from the crown store. So as long as it's just like that, it doesn't bother me at all. Okay. No, I I definitely agree. I I don't think there should ever be a paywall that, oh, if you buy bag space through the crown store, you can pass the 170 slots or whatever it is that you can carry. Um yeah, it's, that's fine with me. Although, admittedly, I'd totally buy them. Because <laughs> 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 okay, obviously I've got the bag space, but if you told me I could actually buy extra, like, hmm, I wouldn't agree with the principle, but sadly, I would add to the problem by going, oh, hell yeah, I'm buying some of them. All right, looks like what we're seeing is uh, QDizzyP is telling us it's about, um, from what's data mined anyway, a thousand crowns per ten 10 slots that would probably be similar to what the horse is right now um now early on i'd say it's not really worth it but those last couple points where it's 70,000 80,000 for 10 slots is 10 bucks worth more to you than you know 70,000 80,000 gold it depends if you're you know if you're enjoying your game while you're you're earning the money, it's not bad. If you're grinding and you hate grinding, then maybe the ten bucks is worth spending. I don't know. I wouldn't. I would not buy one of those at first because it's like a thousand gold to buy the first couple bag slots. It's very cheap. Um, definitely wait till later on. You'd feel yeah. That's a bit weird. I, I thought they almost scale the crown store because how cheap would you be if you're a bit of a rookie? Like oh bags i'll buy that well it's only 400 gold for your first 10 slots if you buy the crown store one will your first purchase be 400 gold or you now if you scale the price up to a thousand so you've really just wasted 10 bucks and you're like oh dude i just wasted 400 gold it would mean dirt cheap yeah right yeah the first (laughs) couple are so insanely cheap why would you not do that but uh yeah that that would that would really suck to um to be one of those those people um all right. Well, bag space, that's interesting. I know some people were clamoring for bag space. It is now going to be available. Uh, next up is glass armor. Now, again, they didn't. The reason why this is mentioned is because they found a data mined version for the crown store. You can buy glass armor, similar how you can buy Dwemer and all the other pieces. I'm assuming we'll be able to get this in game as well. Uh, so that that's what it is. I know glass armor. I love the look of glass armor, and I like their concept art for glass armor. So I'm excited to see this stuff come in. Um, did any of you guys actually see the artwork for for the glass armor? Uh, I saw I feel like I did. 
I saw it, but I didn't know if that was them looking at another game of it or if it was actually what they'd found for this game. Yeah, I I remember seeing like concept art back at like QuakeCon, but that was about it. So. All right. Obviously, they have new costumes coming. Mages Guild, Nidic and Ashlander, as well as three different cats, brown cat, Siamese and a striped cat um, that we found as well. Um, we're going to netic that netic armor looks pretty cool. Just saying it does. And if you're interested yeah. to see what it looks like, obviously, you can just look online or you can go to Stone Falls. There's an area I'm going to pull it up here. There is an area in Stone Falls for a quest that's called the Brothers of Strife. It is south of the Armature's Upheaval and pretty much directly south of Ebonheart City. Um, very close to the gate to Deshaun. There is a quest line there, which is probably one of the best quest lines in, in Stone Falls in terms of story. Gives a lot of backstory for what's going on in the zone and it's not even required which is it's so easy to miss that quest because it's not required to complete the zone and it gives so much backstory on the brothers of strife it's one of my favorites it's definitely worth checking out um but you actually get to see the needic armor design on the enemies you fight there it's very cool looking i actually think i'd probably end up buying it because i think it's pretty awesome um so yeah, that's that's there as well. Um, speaking of crown store items, they did announce that new crown store items will be coming in July, and they also announced with this that they'll be updating the crown store on a monthly basis with probably four different items at a time. I'm assuming they'll probably release a mount, a pet, <clears throat> a uh, a costume of some type as well as maybe some sort of utility. I think that's what they're kind of aiming on doing. Um, so that that's kind of neat. I like the fact that they told us ahead of time that once a month they're going to be updating the crown store. Um, with that being said, this month in July, they're adding the black black dress, which is the black evening gown, the frost horse, and the black Siamese cat. And I can't remember what else they were. Oh, the Ashlander. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do any of these things interest any of you? I would say Esteldian, but I know he doesn't spend anything in the crown store. So, yeah, I'm cheap. <laughs> All these that, crowns. That frost horse, man. I'm so excited for that frost horse. And that Ashlander pack, too. It's such a cool light light armor looking style style costume for the Dun, the Dunmer style. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to those. Right. Yeah, the, I know the Ashlanders. That was something that Thais was interested in. She liked the Ashlander story um, a lot. So that was something that's kind of cool. And I think it'd be kind of cool for the roleplay community out there if they if they you know are playing an Ashlander. I'm still under the... I, I like the idea of the costume slot, but other games do vanity items so much better than ESO. Because while the costumes themselves are pretty cool, I would like to be able to dye them. You know, because obviously we have this awesome dye system, but if you're wearing a costume, you can't take advantage of it. So that that kind of that kind of sucks, if you ask me. Doesn't really make me want to get costumes. What was that, uh, Setsu? I think. Uh, 
Oh, the Ashlander one looks amazing to me. I can't wait to buy that one and the Frost Sound as well. Nice. Those nice. Are, yeah, those are the two ones I'm looking forward to the most. <laughs> um, <laughs> mounds, gen- especially special mounds, generally go really well from what I'm hearing. And um, especially, if, I think I'll probably end up getting the Frost Horse as well because I have a sorcerer who does all, um, like she uses an ice staff. That's just how I like to play her. And I think riding around on the frost horse would be kind of neat. So. All right. Uh, Final bit of news before we move off of game news is we had another Battlemaster Corner. Battlemaster Corner, the Howling Temple, which is a Templar damage dealer um, that is capable of high stamina regeneration and both single target and area of effect DPS output. Um, I looked through this, and obviously the primary bar is is his two-hander. I'm going to talk about this bar in particular. There's some glaring things that I, I think he's doing wrong with this is because he's using all five of the two-handed weapon skills which honestly the two-handed weapon skills are great um with the exception of of the no he does have cleave but he has biting jabs as or puncturing strikes biting jabs as well i don't know why you would want to use cleave if you have puncturing or biting jabs because biting jabs um, provides you with the crit buff and also has a you know pretty much an AOE component to it with that that cone similar to cleave um, and there's just a lot of other abilities like I think on my bar right now I'm using a fairly similar setup with the exception of I use biting jabs um, I don't even use wrecking blow because biting jabs seems to be doing more damage than wrecking blow because that has a chance of procking uh the the blazing light or let me look it up just so i know exactly what i'm talking about um the the burning light passive the 25 percent chance to cause an extra bit of magic damage anytime you hit with a um adric spear ability that seems to be my damage dealer i use that rather than wrecking blow because of the burning light proc and i've seen a lot of people using that rather than wrecking blow um, so that's what i've been using and oh you know and i also use a um repentance because repentance that extra stamina regeneration seems to be the way that i like to roll uh Steldian, i know you play a templar pretty much exclusively um what did, did you get a chance to look at this this build I did, yeah. Um, to be fair, I do use Brawler as well as Biting Jabs, or did when I was stamina-based. Um, I found that while Biting Jabs is nice, its directional attack was a bit more limited than the Brawler. Um, more importantly, in doing things like Bet DSA, where quite often you're all getting damage, um, Brawler as a stamina DPS was just a godsend for AoE, because... You don't have to spend your, you know, casters get to sit there with block and spam their AOEs and they're fine, but you don't get the luxuries of stamina guy or you're going to run out too quick. Whereas Brawler just put such a powerful shield on you. You just could go all day long. Okay. And I felt quite godlike with that on. Um, I wouldn't have had crit rush on the bar. It's nice in theory with the gap closer, but 
I can count on about one hand how often I've ever actually needed that in PvE content. Uh, so I would have Repentance there instead for the extra regen. Um, and Crit Rush you put on on occasion. But given that you've also got a bow on the second bar for when you do need to go a bit range or when you're closing a gap, I just bin the Crit Rush entirely, really. Um, yeah. But the first bar was solid enough. I don't think he had Wrecking Blow on there, actually, did he? He had the Executioner. Yeah, no. Did he not? No, I, he no. I double checked. No, he didn't I have Wrecking oh, Blow. He yeah, switched yeah. it with Puncturing or with uh, yeah. something else. I don't know why so, I read Wrecking Blow. I think it was just because I think that's the name of the bar, and then I read it as Wrecking Blow. So I take back oh, the comments on I that. See. <laughs> um, I see what you said. Yeah, yeah, because he calls it the Wrecking Blow. I don't know if that's what I was reading when I looked at it, and I'm like, why would he be using Wrecking Blow? He's like, get yeah, Wrecking Blow is pretty nice, but compared to the damage output you can get from, you know, that. That uh, burning light passive for other characters, wrecking blow would probably be the way to go, but that that uh, the burning light passive really makes the um, Adric spear ability shine. Because if you look at a lot of the parses, that equates to quite a bit of damage, especially with um, the the biting jabs because of it hitting four times and each time having 25% chance to proc it, that can be quite a bit of damage. Quite a bit of damage. Um, That's a great skill. Yeah, crit crit rush, I agree with you. Uh, Only fight that I think I've ever found that useful was the final boss in Banish Cells that teleports around. That's like the only fight where crit rush was ever useful to me at any point in time. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> um, it It's wonderful in PvP. I'll give it that. Um, PvP, that's if you're going melee on that, go stick with stick with that. But otherwise, I wouldn't even touch it. Like I just I it's not that useful because your time on target yeah, you can. It does damage far away. I know some people would run back and just keep spamming it, but the time off target doesn't really equate very well to doing that strategy, unless for very specific bosses where it's like, hey, they teleport around. Then it's just nice to be able to get back really, really quickly. Um, but that's about the only time I'd find it useful. There's other things that would just make it better, like repentance for me even though it's you don't actually use it for anything i find to be far more useful just because of the stamina regeneration which allows you to cast more biting jabs so yeah exactly um but it's a, i'd say it was a good starter you know good end game start builder it's going to get you decent numbers it's not going to four miles apart just because you haven't got repentance on there or anything so yeah it's not bad the gear i think i'd rather have ash and grip than night silence because i think that gives you more weapon damage and if you've got repentance on the bar that kind of makes up for the lost regen you had right so it does um i don't know i just as i'm looking at the bar i mean it, it, i guess it's okay to an extent it's just i don't know nothing special yeah there's just it's functional honestly it's very close to what i'm using for my primary bar i would probably just get rid of crit rush and put something like repentance because you you would get probably more out of the extra um extra yeah um otherwise it's, it's definitely not bad as for like you said um 
glyphs, attribute points, 20 in health, rest and stamina. I find as of right now, let me look at my character right now, because I just bought the entire ravaging set and I'm broke. Uh, I have 23 in health and that gets me up with food over 20K, just over 20K, which works for me really well. Um, and that works in the rest and stamina. So that seems really, really good. Uh, full five piece endings rage two night silence um yeah that two pieces of night silence five endings rage for stamina he doesn't really talk too much about uh night silence great sword bow honestly there's better gear setups like i was running something very similar to this like almost identical and my numbers as a stamina dps wheeler was only like eight to nine k I got the ravaging set and I'm easily pulling 12 K 13, 14 K just from the five set bonus of ravagers, five ravagers, five hundings, and then a master weapon. If you can get it is pretty much the golden standard. If you're planning on using bow and two hander, like it's just insane. Like my DPS went up insane amounts when I have my Ravager gear on it, I honestly didn't think it was going to be that much of a difference, but it really, really, really did a difference. Um, I know Ravager gear is kind of out of out of range for a lot of people. Uh, if you don't PVP a lot, just because of how much it costs in AP, it's like 248,000 AP per piece. And the current prices, let me actually, based on the trading guilds that I'm in right now, uh, the chess and the pants are averaging about 100K. And all of the jewelry pieces are going for somewhere in the 110 to 125K gold. So you're looking at half a million plus just to buy it if you don't PvP. It's it's pretty except pretty expensive gear because the only way to get it is through pvp but if you're if you're really looking for a build i i think in terms of skill setup other than the charge this build is solid the gear not so much i mean it's a cheap starter if you don't have ravaging definitely roll with this stuff um but otherwise you're you're gonna you're not going to do the damage numbers without the ravaging gear. Ravaging is meta right now. And get rid of acid spray as well. I don't know why people are obsessed with trying to have an AOE of the bow bar. So like, mm. <laughs> it's not going to do anything for you. Yeah, I, I have acid spray currently and I rarely use it. It honestly, the only reason why I even, <sighs> Acid spray, I wouldn't even pick up unless you're trying to run a completely different build than this. Um, like if you're running a Valken Scoria set, which procs off dots, then acid spray away just for the extra dot because it does count as a separate dot. Um, I'm still but, not sure I'd use it. <laughs> uh, I, fact, it's up I didn't, in the air. When I was Valken scoring it, I didn't use it. Really? Yeah, I, just... I find it helpful because it's just one extra dot. And more it, dots, it's not really worth the weapon swap, though. <laughs> the weapon swap to do it just doesn't. I mean, if you're on the bow anyway, I guess you think, oh, why not? Well, yeah, no, I wouldn't be using it. No, it wouldn't be worth a weapon swap if you were planning on staying melee. Absolutely not. 
Um, if you were bow primary Valken Scoria, then yeah, that would probably not be too bad. Oh yeah, but then but, you're kind of stuck with his AOEs anyway, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, really, what other AOEs does Bo have that are even any good? I mean, the blazing, the circle. I I hear mixed things about that. Um, I don't know. It, it, it is what it is. Um, Avi or Setsua, <clears throat> do either of you want to weigh in on this, or are you gonna let Estelle and I just tear tear through? I it? think you, I think you guys covered it pretty good. Okay. All right. I yeah, just... I haven't got that far yet. Okay. All right. Um, I will say from Munda Stone, and this is not coming from me. This is actually coming from somebody. Uh, I wish I could remember his name. He's very active on Tamriel Foundry, uh, but he's in, with Hodor, one of the better, our best trials guilds, and he's doing a lot of number crunching. He has a couple YouTube videos out. Munda Stone, um, Thief is a great choice. Uh, but warrior and tower work well too. That is actually not correct any longer. No. no. Warrior is the best unless you have over 50% crit and then the shadow really kind of takes over. Um thief is pretty much worthless at this point. Not worthless, but you'd be better off with the warrior than you would with the thief for any type of melee build. Unless yeah. you have over 50% crit constantly then shadow tends to come ahead thief was 1.5 meta yeah yeah thief was the meta early on but it is not any longer so um i wouldn't even deal with thief all right that was the battle master corner that was a fun one i love talking um templar changes and templar builds because i play a templar so i actually have input yeah um, i can talk them all day <laughs> yeah templar i i'll chat you all day if you talk any other any other class i'm like yeah, okay sure sounds good <laughs> i'll take your word on it um all right we're gonna move on to our discussion topic this week and Esteldian is gonna be presenting this to us uh, yeah, it's just the um, the big announcements. Oh, I say announcements. There's a big thread on the boards where they're talking about various PvP changes that are upcoming. Um, some of them are pretty significant. And whether that makes it better or worse, we'll see. But I think it's definitely got indications that will improve things. Uh, there's, a, there's a number of stuff happening. For a start, former emperors will no longer get any kind of bonus. So those delightful passives you guys have earned work to earn will be gone so sorry about that on the other hand those of you who cheated to get it ha, sucks to be you um so that's that that one done pretty impressive change there that should possibly ease off everyone's desire to constantly farm round and round to get the emperorship bonus all the time and then flip it to friends so hopefully an improvement there pve buffs are going to be gone so no more home buff campaigns which again should be a good thing because it'll stop everyone deciding putting a flag in which campaign they want and deciding to make it their home um the biggest change to that of course is probably going to be for which is probably why they've done it is when the imperial city comes ags obviously raised an issue a long time ago quite a few times about if there's pve home campaigns well everyone's going to have their own campaign where they sit there and they own the imperial city um with pve buffs gone it might not be quite so easy for people to say, right, this is our one because this is where we want for PvE or whatever. So it might be a bit hard. It might make no difference, but it might make it a bit harder to actually get yourself a buff campaign, as it were. So there may be more combats going on for 
keeping hold of the, three, the six on the inside and having access to the Imperial City. Um, finally, they're going to change all the scoring. Uh, each campaign is going to have its own way of scoring. So again, that should help split people up based on what they kind of desire doing. Uh, children, for example, you'll get points for your team when you take over resources, but there are zero points from taking castles. So keeps give you nothing. Scrolls, I don't think give you any points either. And so it's just taking resources, which for people like me or others who tend to only play in small groups because we have not got interest in the Zerg, that could be a very popular campaign to run around with because rather than running around in the Zerg, you'll probably find people running in small groups so they can spread out across the map and take more areas. It kind of depends on how interested people are in actually winning their campaign. But if you're not chasing former membership bonuses anymore, you're not chasing PvE buff campaigns anymore, well, presumably you're playing it for the PvP and the scoring to win the campaign. So it should make a difference. I know some people are dubious, but I know I'll be on chill end because I like that scoring idea. And again, the other campaigns have different ones. Resources give nothing, but keeps give points. Scrolls give points, etc., etc. So quite a few big changes coming. All right. Um, let, let's, let's first talk about the first point, which was emperor bonuses no longer affecting, you know, when you're not emperor, um, were they huge bonuses? I didn't think they were like, I know it was originally like 300% when you're emperor, like you get all these extra, like insane amount. Um, but I didn't know the former emperor was that much. They weren't huge, but you're talking like 2% of each thing more resources or regens or ultimate gain or, or ultimate cost reduction whatever so while it doesn't sound like much it gives an edge and of course in pve it's giving you an advantage for those of you fighting for leaderboards because if all your teams got that buff or got the form emperor that's it's going to stack up kind of like if you choose you know which race you've picked for your class can make a surprising difference maybe not individually but when you've added a whole raid's worth of people all with the optimal race it, it, it makes a difference and former emperor would do the same thing um so yeah i think i think it will matter because i know some I mean, a lot of people don't actually care much for pvp they've only done it to get that buff for that tiny two percent right which yeah so some is a big deal obviously min maxing in particular it's going to be a big deal and if you want to be that kind of competitive player it must be a relief to know you don't have to work about trying to become a former emperor anymore right i agree with that um I, I don't know. It, it's one of those things where I know people trade Emperor. That's how it goes. Um, removing the bonus for doing it statistical wise seems like a good start for removing why people want to do it. I think some of the big progression guilds and stuff that want to do PVE progression won't be as concerned with it anymore if that's what's happening. Um, so I, I agree. I like this. This change is a good change. I like that a lot. Uh, Avi and uh, Setsu, I know both of you guys either don't see Riddell very often or haven't really got into it. Do you guys have a opinion? Yeah, I, I, I hate to say that this is something I really don't know anything about. Truthfully, I didn't even know that uh, the Emperors got, got uh, to keep some of their buffs and stuff after they lost Emperorship. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah so this is all this is all news to me. I'm learning right now. <laughs> okay, all right. No, that's yeah. that's totally cool. I mean, that's that's what that's what, one of the reasons why we do a podcast is we talk about things that some people don't really know what's going on. Um, yeah, that that that's pretty good. I I, I like that because it really was forming a. 
I remember seeing certain guilds that wouldn't let you in unless you were a former emperor. That was that was a thing. So I'm glad they kind of moved away from that. Some of the other people may not be as happy, but I don't I don't know. I don't I don't think it should have been something that you know, there should be special reasons for doing it, but I think the cosmetic reasons and the title was enough. Um, statistical, you really get into those issues. All right. Uh, next thing, buff campaigns. Thank goodness. I hated the buff campaigns. Absolutely hated them. I thought it was the worst idea they've ever done. Um, especially the way that they did it. Um, because it, it really did form people when, you know, there was kind of like an unspoken law that this is AD's buff campaign. This is EP's buff. You know, that's that's what it was. And it it didn't really it kind of killed off Cyrodiil, like because then the only places that were active were the one area that was deemed OK to fight in. Um I, I just I hated the idea. I I wouldn't. I'm kind of sad. To, did they say all buffs are going? Or yeah, no more buffs. Okay, all right. See, oh, and another thing worth mentioning. Sorry, I forgot. Is you will no longer be able to travel to friends in PvP. Oh. So you can no longer cheat the home guest and then travel to wherever the hell you want to go via a friend, which again kind of was a pain in the ass with the buff campaign. So everyone had their home, then everyone having a guest where they might just go and mess up someone else's home and then they'd actually play on another one by teleporting to one guy who had it as this campaign so it again spread the numbers when it shouldn't have mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um okay uh avi and setsu i'm just gonna i'm going to if you guys have something you want to say just mention it otherwise i'll just keep moving on because this is it's interesting but i i know you guys are still don't really play with pvp that often um that's well. If you have anything to say, go for it. Um, I haven't um, really gotten to the game too much yet to really have too much input on PvP, but I did do a little bit, and I could see where a lot of the changes would come in handy and also improve a lot of the PvP experience. And I didn't know you could travel to a friend on PvP, so... <laughs> Yeah, that I would definitely like to try that. <laughs> that that was a trick that people threw in there to get away from only being stuck to two campaigns. They could jump around uh, wherever they wanted. Um, yeah, that, that's a good change. I I'm both happy and upset with this change. Um, a I hated the buffs as they currently were. They shouldn't have provided a statistical um, benefit like they did i thought that was that was bad where people were you know their health was higher because they had an emperor no all that no um i think it's bad for the pvp community because it's going to discourage the you know maybe not the hardcore pvpers but those who played to get buffs um i think they should have kept the buffs but they should have changed them they should have been buffs that were not that big of a deal, but they were nice to have, such as maybe excess gold drop, you know, like a percentage of, you know, you're getting 5% more gold drop from monsters if you're on a realm or, you know, maybe something along those better experience. Because that's what Dark Age of Camelot did. It was like level experience, gold drop, um, possibly a plus to uh, alliance points. There, there were various things that would benefit. 
um, which weren't an issue, you know, and I think those things didn't provide statistical advantage, but made it so people felt like there was still something to get from actual PVP. So I, I think, yeah, they... I'd... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. No, go for <laughs> uh, it. Go for it. No, so I loved um, how Dark Age of Camelot did their PVP. It was probably like the only reason why I even PVP and MMOs is because of Dark Age of Camelot. Mm-hmm. And if I think if more MMOs did PVP like Dark Age of Camelot, it'd be a lot better of an experience um, for a lot of people when it comes to PVP. Right. No, I, I, yeah, the complete removal of buffs, I find to be more harm than good. They were terrible the way they were, but they could have done something else to provide benefits and reasons for people to actually want a PvP. And removing them completely just hurts. Uh, Well, that's kind of true. The reality is, I don't know about you, but how often have you actually really joined in the P if you're not a PVP, how often have you joined into PVP because you're trying to get the buffs for your campaign? You, you don't, you rely I, on the PVP guys to do it most of the time. Right. Well, no, I, I do agree, but those buffs were, were nice. And, um, I don't know. Yeah. I think they've gone for a bit of a, a scorched earth policy. Basically they're, they're trying to make it so the whole point of PvP is for the joy of PvP and winning your campaign, which clearly at the moment it is not the case. That's people, half the people there, either because they're trying to get the bus for their PvE, they're jumping around because they want to make sure they've got their home campaign. Um, you, you're just running around trying to get your emperor flips. It's the amount of people actually trying to PvP for the for the love of it is very minimum because of all this, and it's kind of ruining the experience. Whereas when you're going in there to play and win for your campaign you probably get a better quality PvP experience. That's the hope, anyway. That's their theory. Right. All right. Did um, they have a date on when these were gonna, these changes were going to be put into the game? or The next big patch. So next big patch? Oh, okay. Comes, yeah. Yeah. The mystery big patch we keep being oh. teased about for the last yeah. half year. <laughs> oh, there we go. I had myself muted. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. What was the final thing? I completely forgot what it was. Uh, yeah, scoring. Change oh, the scoring. scoring. I like unique scoring methods. I do. That is something that I find incredibly fascinating. And um, it, it's a way of, like you said, if you're if your guild likes resource capture more, it might change the meta of the gameplay around a bit. Um, so yeah, no, I, I like that. I like that a lot. That works I'm, for me. I'm expecting Chewin to be very popular because as I say, a lot of people complain that there's no small man content, although they feel they don't make a difference in the campaign when there's only four of them running around. Well, now you've got enough to take a resource. That's a point for your team. You're going to find other teams doing the same. You're going to meet combat that's small because you run in four man groups. You're like, oh, there's nothing I can really do. You either hang around with the Zerg like I'm actually doing now or you go off with your small group and fight until a Zerg finds you and wipes you out. Well, fingers crossed. But the only way of getting points doing resources, you're not going to have the Zerg running around, which also means performance improvements. Mm-hmm. Oh, and sorry, that was another thing in there as well. 
They're changing the way AOEs work. Something to do with currently a lot of the high-end ones do a line of sight check twice. God knows why, because they're instant spells. But that's obviously causing double the amount of information going to and from the servers, which is apparently why you might find that the grown-up servers have a hell of a lot more lag issues than the non-vet version, because they don't have access to all those AOEs that they're using. So they're going to be attempting to hopefully change that and hopefully improve the lag. Lag in Cyrodiil. Yeah, that's... That's a thing. Yeah, yeah. Will it ever get better? I don't I don't know. Uh, well, funny enough, I'm not getting much lag here. So about 40 people maybe playing here. We've got no issues at all. And well, I'm dead. Then that's fairly I'm decent. <laughs> all right. Well, then, do we have anything else that we'd like to talk about about Cyrodiil before we end this off? I, I'm going to say that overall, other than the buff changes, which were needed... But instead of going with the complete Scorch, they should have just changed them, in my opinion. Um, I mean, half the people that are working on this game came from DOAC. Why not just use their buffs? You know, make it a reason to to play. I don't know. Um, but I would rather them completely remove than not, because the way they were before was just broken. It discouraged people from actually playing in campaigns and it just it encouraged people to essentially game the system. Um, Emperor changes are good. I, I Overall, I give it a positive review for these changes. I like it a lot. Uh, Avi, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I like all the changes that are coming. Um, I'm going to miss my bust in PvE when I'm playing by myself, but uh, I'll get used to that. <laughs> all right. And... Uh, Setsuo, do you have any anything you'd like to say about that? Yeah, I'm definitely excited about all the changes. I can't wait till I try them out, and hopefully I'll be a whole lot more leveled up and better geared for PvP to try it out. Okay. And Esteldian? Uh, on paper, it sounds like great ideas. Whether or not it works, we'll see. But it'll be nice to have some changes. All right. All right. Um, I'd be very interested to hear what everyone else thinks. Make sure, um, if you, if you have comments, please leave them in the comment section below for this episode. I'd be interested to hear what people have to think. All right. We're moving on to our next section, which is the tales from Tamra, where we talk about what we've been doing in game. Um, obviously guest first. So Setsua, I know you've been working really hard playing and streaming why don't you tell everyone what you've been doing in eso this week give us a little story well i've been re- working really hard on my nord templar on the Ebonheart pack side doing all the quests that i possibly can um the the story has really um brought me in a lot so i'm learning a lot more about the elder scrolls lore than i had thought i had known and I did a little bit of PvPing as well. I took over a lot of keeps, actually. We were on a roll until it felt like the all the Mary Dominion and Daggerfall kind of allied against us because we were pretty much overrunning everybody on the field. And then we were pushed back until, oh, man, it's like the very last keep that we had. Then they kind of just started fighting each other. <laughs> so it was um, a lot of fun in one week. 
I have streamed pretty much every day of it. I have one of the battles on one of my streams. I'm not sure um, which one it was, like a couple days ago. So other than that, I've been doing a lot of crafting, or trying to at least, and just having a lot of fun. Excellent, excellent. And be sure everyone check out his streams. Um, uh, when, when is it that you stream again so people know? Oh, I'll be streaming mostly in the mornings when I get off work since I worked um, the graveyard shift. So I'll be streaming from probably 9 o'clock till about 3 or 4 o'clock. I might take a little bit of breaks here and there, but they're like 30-minute breaks. So, and I'll be doing that Monday through Friday. Saturday is kind of a random time. And Sunday, I don't really do streaming at all because I'll go out there and, you know, have fun with my wife and my son and family time. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Plus, you need to be available when I frantically call you going, hey, Tails, right? Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> all right. Excellent. Uh, Avi, sir. Why don't you tell us what you've been doing? All right. So my week has been focused completely around experience scrolls. Uh, <laughs> I've I've probably used over 15 of them now. I think I've purchased them about twice at the crown store. So I've been using them quite a lot. And it's been showing. Uh, I think a couple weeks ago, I said my, I'm not positive, I said my sorcerer got to level 40, I believe. Well, now she's VR4, and I just hit VR4 right before the episode, so she's still at 100%, which I'll get down very quickly thanks to these new XP scrolls. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm loving them. They, 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 made, they made me happy. They made me feel like I'm going to finally be able to reach VR14 on my new characters before I run out of gold content. And that's what I want. I want to be able to hit VR14 and still have gold content on top of all the other stuff I have to do. Because ever since my, uh, my, my Dragon Knight hit uh, VR9 and finished gold content, I haven't played him since. He's just sitting there. All I do is feed his horse. And most of the time I forget to do that. So uh, it's, it's, been, it's been really hard. I've been really waiting for some more solo content. And these crown scrolls have kind of given it to me. So I'm liking them a lot. Uh, besides that, I've been working on my new Imperial Nightblade a little bit. Uh, got him to level 14, I believe, 14 or 12. Having fun with him. Haven't used the... Haven't used the scrolls on him yet, but I'm planning on using the scrolls on him just to see how fast I can get through the one through fifty before hitting Cold Harbor. I mean, I'm I'm just I'm just testing around with these scrolls and having fun with them. I, there's something that interested me, and I'm having a lot of fun. But yeah, that that's pretty much been my week. My sorcerer is all I've been playing mainly. I just got her to Grotwood, which is always a little hard to play through thanks to that big tree but you know I'm, so I'm going through Grotwood I'm getting through that and uh, yeah hopefully get my first uh, VR 14 character within the next couple weeks that's my goal oh very nice very nice I've been just yeah well I'll talk about my stuff later <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna jump in here uh, all right uh, Steldian uh, what have I done um I've done some more vet DSAs, just running through the various um, 
guildies. I think most of our guildies have done it now. Although actually I have to admit a few officers in the guild have been religiously running them quite a few times in the day and getting everyone through them, so that's good. Um, I did a casual three-man run through the normal version where I actually finally got around to doing my healing tank for it. So that means only Vet DSA is left to test for the four-man content, and then that healing tank has been tank and healer at the same time for every four-man content in the game. So fingers crossed when I finally get around to doing that. Uh, at one point, I was actually just cruising to the normal DSA because I was a bit bored uh, on my own. I got to the last bosses only on stage three before. Frankly, I got kind of bored, and so I gave up there. Um, I'm fairly confident I could have got through stage three as well. I know it's not that impressive. Some people have soloed all of normal. And in fact, I think some people have even soloed the vet DSA now, or most of it anyway. Um, but still, it's kind of amusing to see if I could get through the first few stages on my own. Uh, our guild has actually been doing pretty well. We've managed to start doing our raids twice a week now. So the numbers are looking good. And we're, of course, in Sanctum. Uh, that's getting there. Sanctum Video has been a, a bit of a challenge for us. We've we got the manticore down to 19%. So, and we're confident the next time we go in there, we will actually finally have that killed and actually get to move on to the rest of Sanctum, which I understand that most of us are easier to get to the Serpent. So fingers crossed, our next visit will get most of the way through Sanctum as well. Um, PvP-wise, not done too much at all. This is actually the first time I've been in PvP for a while, so I've been a bit rusty. Not that I was like, a great player beforehand anyway, to be honest, but didn't want to even get into my basic stride that I had before. Um, other than that, I think that's pretty much all I've done. Oh, I revamped my tank, my main tank build, so he's sitting on around 36,000 health now. And I use him in Sanctum, which is quite fun with the very large blazing shields I use. Um, Outside of game, also I wrote the guides for the race, races, which will be coming out soon. So if anyone's on the consoles going, oh, do I care about race? Does it matter? Well, that'll hopefully explain it all to, to you. It's going to be rather long, but there is a quick little summary right at the top just to let you know the, the important details. And finally, been working on it. Oh, I see it. I've been working. I haven't been working on it. A guildie has been working on a new template build, which is proven to be very effective so far. So we're still tinkering that, but I'll be writing a guide on that one. Full credit will go to my guildie and officer socketization. But it's a build that involves absolutely zero weaving. Um, so far, Tess has shown it hitting between 14 and 18,000 DPS. It's a magical build. And it's definitely taken by surprise. I didn't see it coming, but Dark Flare is, in fact, your key component in it. Surprise, huh. surprise. Uh, but yeah, so even on the even on the basic startup setup, which is going to cost you barely anything, a bit of healer gear and some seducers, you can you can get well over 10k. In fact, I think his tests on the gargoyle was 14,000 DPS in that gear setup. And when you start wearing the fancier gear, as I say, 16,000, 18,000 is what he's got topped out of the gargoyle. That's with warhorn and um, the combat prayer on. And he's now just gone to dual wield rather than great sword. So I think he should be able to hit possibly close to 20k DPS without any weaving. He, so watch watch the space. This guide will come. You know, you're saying it's a magic build, but he's using a melee weapon? 
Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, that's all the thing now. My magic build is a a melee weapon. <laughs> really? Yeah. Dual wield. In fact. Aw. You. What do I have to do to get him to play with a uh, uh, two hander? Yeah. He was using two hander. He was using the great sword. Um, okay. The master's great sword. It, it works um, with with the great sword. It doesn't matter which. The only reason why I commit to change over is because the dual wield gives you more spell power than the great sword will. Even the master great sword. Okay. Due, due, Due to um, the dual wield passives at the end, which gives, was it, Twin Blade and Blunt, giving you 5% extra boost. Even though it says your weapon attacks, it counts your class skills as well, so it's getting 5% enhance. So even though spell power is a bit less than the greatsword gives him, the actual damage from all his skills do more. And since you're never actually attacking with the weapon anyway. Interesting. It, yeah, so obviously I use... Um, Currently, I, I use uh, the Adric Warrior build. That's Ego Rushes on the Tamiel Foundry. And that's, again, same principle. Use dual wield and using puncturing sweeps as your main attack. Um, so, obviously, it's a melee-based build for that. Um, but it's this build is, again, with weapons, but it's actually ranged because you never weave at all. Hmm. So, that'll come out in the next week or so. That's pretty cool. Um, y- you're going to just have to send me his build for the two-handed side of things if it's identical i don't know just let yeah me know. i mean I, i'm assuming his skills remain the same yes everything's the same so you just got to bear in mind why it'll be looking cool holding that two-handed you'll never actually swing it okay gotcha. <laughs> at anything gotcha all right all right um still sounds awesome and i'm actually really curious to check it out so um, as Steldian said, the races guide is set to come out. I have it set for Tuesday. So Tuesday of this week, you should be seeing that. Um, so keep your eye out for that. I'll make sure I post it everywhere, you know, the reddits and all those areas. Um, cause I, I've already read it. It, it is very thorough and it's, it's good. I like it. Of course I get to read it first. Ha <laughs> ha. The the perks even of... the Nords get slammed. Fine. I play Nord knowing that Nord is like terrible race for like everything. I, I know. I don't care. I, I yeah, I know. Nord is really, really bad. <laughs> On the bright side, when they get tweaked, they could become very powerful. Or whenever an ice dungeon comes out, like an ice raid with all ice damage. We might well, actually not be too. I've noticed all the, all the bills they've said they're tweaking because they said they're going to change yeah. the races. Yeah, ESO, yeah. ESO on ESO Live they said that they're going to touch up some of the lower, some of the weaker races. So it's a coincidence they've all got robust. So if they were to flip that out and give it say a max stat, suddenly some of the Khajiit suddenly becomes the new top dog I reckon for stamina DPS, and the Nord himself would obviously look a lot more impressive, even if it's just ten percent more health because. At least he can then go to either, either um, stat because he'd have spare attribute points to spend. So it's it's looking good. I think that there's good news coming for uh, you unloved races. I know they they did say they were doing that, and I also know they were planning on revamping a like massive revamp for a lot of skills. But they wanted to wait until race changes were available because I know they specifically said they didn't want people to get massive changes to their their character. And then find out that, you know, their character is like the worst in slot without the ability to change somehow. So I know race changes are in the works. Um, and I know a lot of the massive changes people have been requesting to racials will be coming later. So 
that's always exciting. All right. All right. Um, guess it's my turn. Um, first off, I finally got all my ravaging gear, which I mentioned earlier. Uh, that has increased my melee DPS exponentially. The five set bonuses from ravaging is is honestly insane. The amount of of um, damage that you actually do while act, you know playing with um, with ravaging. So I mean, it's it's definitely a pain in the bum to get because it is very very expensive, are very time consuming for PvP. Especially if you don't PvP often or have a good group to run with, it, it's hard to get all those points. Um, but I finally did get it, spent like over half a million gold to get it all. Um, so now I'm very broke, I have like no money. Uh, but my damages went up and I actually very, very excited about that, so it, in my mind it was worth it. Um, I did run some dungeons, some veteran dungeons, with a couple of people from the Dreadlords Guild that I'm with. A great group of guys. We did uh, Fungal Grotto, and that went really well. Um, I have to apologize. I wish I could remember everyone's name, but I don't. Uh, we were going to do a farm for a helm for City of Ash for the Valken Scoria, but my internet went out. We got in. We were getting ready to run. We were running down the hill, and my internet just died. And I know how that feels. <laughs> I could not get back in. So I felt really bad because we were all going to to farm this. We had the group. It took us a while to get the group together. Uh, but unfortunately, my, my son's spitting up over there now. Oh. Um, I, ironically enough, my, my son is a Nord, but he is a full out milk drinker because... <laughs> breastfeeding and milk drinker yeah so he's a milk drinker um he yeah face is like he's the cutest milk drinker ever um but yeah so i i do have to apologize to the people who i was running with i'm sorry i did not get back in for hours because my internet just completely dropped and i was unable to actually continue so i felt really bad because it was a good group we were with i was i just got my ravager set i was having fun just nuking stuff and my internet decides to die, so I wasn't able to go with the guy. So I am sorry. Um, I cannot remember everyone's name. So send me a message, yell at me, say, you know, you should remember my name, and I, I apologize. Um, but that that was fun, and I'm really sad that I didn't actually get to, to run that. Um, of course, somewhere around that, my little milk drinker was born. That's what I'm just going to call him from now on, my milk drinker. My little milk drinker was was born, so I didn't get to play very often after that. Uh, Thais and I did get a little bit of game time in um, when he was sleeping. We had this situation where we had a lot of guests over at our house this past week, um, but they were asleep. He was asleep. We got to play for maybe an hour or two, and we continued our questing in... Um, Bankorai. Uh, it was it was kind of neat. We actually, I was, we did one of the main storyline quests, which I'm a little sad about because they made a stand up on a hill, and uh, the Thorn Girl was there, um, Septima Tharm, but I was too far away to see what she looked like. So that's a shame because I really wanted to see 
this this thorn and stab her, but I didn't get a chance to do that. Well, according to King Emmerich, uh, her looks aren't as good as they used to be. Oh well, <laughs> that's that's good to know. Yeah, <laughs> I, I still wanted to see her, and I didn't get a chance to. So, um, but it, it, we were doing that for a bit, and that that was definitely fun. I miss playing ESO with with so it was nice that we got a little bit of time in there and got to play that um later on in the week i was privileged yet again to run with the dreadlords um i love those guys uh thank you so much for always bringing me along i get whispered from um um ghost he sends me messages all the time pretty much like if I'm not paying attention to chat, he's like, Hey, we're running something. You want to go? I'm like, uh, yeah. Uh, so they brought me along and I got to do a Hellra and a Arthurian archive. And we got the time trial for each one. So that was good. So now I have finished all three trials. Uh, I have clears on Arthurian archive, Hellra and sanctum Ophidia. Um, normal and i have the clear uh for the speed clears for both aa and hellra um so now i just need well obviously one of the hardest ones is the speed clear for sanctum but i need sanctum yet and for speed clear and then the hard modes for all of them but moving along uh I still need to run some more DSAs because I really, really need to get a group of people together and, and do that because uh, I need myself a Master Greatsword just because I want one and it's part of my build. Right now I'm running with a with a with a sword that was part of an old build. I think it's a um, what was it? I can't remember what it was actually I'm. No, I'm not in game on that character right now. Um, I think it was a Knight's Night Silence or Night Mothers or something like that. It, it, it doesn't even have a set bonus anymore because I'm running five Hundings and five um, Ravaging for my armor and accessories. So it really only leaves one slot open and that's your weapon, which a master weapon would be wonderful to have. Um. I need to change my brawler or my uh, cleave skill out because I think I'm using not brawler and brawler would be you convinced me Estelian to switch to brawler. Um, yeah, you'll love it for me, D- but to say. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to switch to brawler. So I need to do that as soon as I can earn some money, but I'm so poor I can't even do more things right now. So um, I will do that eventually and switch that out um, for brawler you may want to consider uh i don't know as much i know there's a tiny bit of weapon power but back when i was using the two-hander i actually used the pvp greatsword because while it's ever set bonus it gets the extra impressive armor debuff because obviously the pvp weapons have doubled the power of a normal enchant so i just used that because i I, like you had the spare set slot as it was so i was using the pvp one for was it almost 2000 armor debuff it gives or something oh yeah it does have that um, which set is that? The Cyrodiil. Uh, I don't know if you search for Dominion or Covenant. Oh, or... the Pact one. Yeah, Pact. Yeah, okay, Pact, Pact Rate yeah. Sword. I think That's it has dirt cheap. Has a unique skin too. So yeah, oh. it's dirt cheap to buy as well. Five hundred maybe, five hundred gold for a VR fourteen. Really? Yeah, it's just a 
no one uses them otherwise, so that's what oh. I used to pick them up. Yeah, I think I bought the purple version because it saved me from upgrading myself. I think it might have cost me a thousand gold. Right. But yeah, they're really cheap now. The oh. green ones, especially, will go for nothing. So I might need to be always buy the cheap version. Yeah. Well, right now the sword I have now is part of my old crafted set. It does nothing. Like. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but as I say, you might it might have a tiny because it's not a crafted weapon. Its uh, actual weapon damage might be a few lower, but it shouldn't be enough to make any real difference. Like like crafting drop weapons is a tiny difference in stat. Right. But for the extra debuff, it's probably worth it. And the and the uh, PvP enchant, the unique enchant, is better than the normal crushing, right? Because I think yeah, I think the normal gives about nine hundred or something. Actually, because I actually well. Again, I keep trying to look at my character and realize I am not on my character. Makes it kind of difficult. Um, yeah, it's... I, I have it on my... I can compare. But I might just pick it up then because there's really no need for me to use... I'll just throw my greatsword because I legendaried it. Um, I'll just throw it in my bank and use it on another character or something. Um, I, I never never re-break down legend once i legendary equipment it goes in my bank and it just sits there gathering dust because i'm not willing to break it because the amount of tempers i put into it so silly isn't it bloody temp yeah so i sit there and i hold it for the hopes that someday a build will require that specific set that i built (laughs) and then i already never know (laughs) um but yeah no that will probably never happen um so that that is that is what i'm working on right now and it it, it works so i might i might check the some of the vendors and see if i can get a packed for cheap because even if it has a one set or a special or not even a set bonus but a uh the extra enchant it's better than what i plan on using until i get a, a master because obviously the master would be wonderful for the extra damage it does from the cleave so yeah take a long time to get yeah yeah i have a master sword but it'd be great when i have a tank build that i want to use it but yeah i need a master's great sword even worse when you get that great sword and you realize it's weighted you think you (laughs) 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 i've got i've got an inferno staff and it's weighted it's like oh for god's sake so that's useless and all not like you staffs anyway but the principle of the matter it's like oh you couldn't have been the sharpened or precise could you yeah, right. Well, I I got lucked out with the master's one because the master sword I got defending. I didn't. I'm using I'm using a bloody I think it's infused, so at least gives me a bit of extra health, so not the worst in the world. Right. Yeah, no, I was very lucky when I linked it. I mean, it's only a VR 13 because it's only normal, but it's still a matter of it has like pretty much the primo enchant. It's like, "Oh, Ooh, I like this. I like this a lot. So that worked out for me. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all I've done in game. I, I've ignored my alts almost completely because I needed to start earning gold back um, because I am poor and I have no money. So I've been trying to do that. I've been working on selling um, crafted items for research. I've been throwing them up on the Guildstar, and surprisingly, they've been selling fairly well. I mean, it's not a lot of money, but it's fairly consistent. You know what I mean? I'm getting a good number of <clears throat> sales every day, and uh, that, that's that been working for me. 
Um, not not quickly enough, I feel, but <laughs> it, it's getting there. Um, so, uh, oh, what's up? Yeah, no, I'm just looking. Covenant's greatsword gives on the green version is 1,272 armor reduction, and I'm pretty sure it goes up to about 1,600 or 1,800 when you purple it, and that costs BR14 for 228 gold. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. That's pretty awesome. I might just pick one of them up. It, it, you're saying it doesn't have a like a one set bonus. It's a no. Sadly, it's a two bonus or more. Ah, uh, well, yeah. The better enchants, better than what I'm rocking now, because it's not that big of a deal. It's nothing really there. Um, so I might pick that up. <clears throat> that might help me out a little bit. At least until I can get the masters. Um, that's pretty much been my gameplay for this week. Um, so we're going to go ahead and move into our next section, which is our add-on spotlight. So, Stellian. Oh, add-ons. Let's see. Uh, let's check out the list we've got here. <laughs> um, item save we've been through. Uh, that doesn't work. Uh, have you gone through the AI research? That one's quite a nice one. I don't think we have. That's a nice and simple one. I'm sure it was the AI research, but I can't see it on the list, which is a bit of a pain. <laughs> um, is it the research grid one, I think? Yeah, the yeah. research grid. I'm trying to find its name. It's in here somewhere. Right. This, this is another handy one to have, even if you're someone who doesn't like add-ons because it doesn't actually do anything to mess up your screen and research assistant it might be yeah research grid yeah research grid there we are research grid yep that's what it's called that's all right exactly what it's saying on the tin it's on my screen now i can open this up and you can see everything all the traits i've got so you can see i've got every single armor piece all the nernhone all the divines I know all the traits there uh, on the arm, on the weapons, you can see I don't have most of the Nernhone because they're ugly weapons, therefore I never use them, so I don't waste my time researching. I have swords, that's all that's important. <laughs> and I might get great sword at some point as well. But yeah, it shows you all that, and it's actually really handy because you can then click on your woodworking. See, so I've got not much there because I woodwork, but I just pick things up for fun. Your clothing. So it's a really nice, easy way of keeping track. At the bottom, it shows you all the motifs you've got. So you can see I'm missing two of them. And I haven't got the complete set of Dreamer. That's why it's in yellow, not green. Uh, this thing was so helpful when I was leveling up and just just being able to quick cheat, especially if you're someone like Ag who has different crafters doing different things. Because you can see here, I can select and look at my alts. So one alt has absolutely nothing, so it doesn't do anything. This one's got a few here and there, so you can check what all your guys do. So if you pick up that item and you go, oh, I don't need training on this character. Oh, I wonder if... My other alt needs it. You don't have to save it, send it into your bank and wait for your alt to log on. You can literally just flick to that guy's name and it will tell you if he's got it or not. So it's a real time saver. And when someone says, oh, do you know if you have this learnt, you can immediately just open this up rather than try and find a crafting table and just go, yes, I do. Easy as that. Yeah, that I cannot, uh, I cannot advocate this add-on enough if you're on PC, if you're on console. Sorry, Sitsua. Um you know, it's it's something that uh, you can't go without, especially if you like crafting. 
Like I love crafting and it's more beneficial to have multiple characters if you can level them up and, and get the points if you're spending any time on it. Spread it around a little bit. That's what I've been doing since, unfortunately, despite all my pleas, there's not enough skill points in the game to learn every single thing. So got to pick or choose. And just throw in one other because another real quick one, not worth its own spotlight as it were. Crit percentage percent. Nice and simple add on. Because if you anyway, like most people, you have no idea what the blimmin numbers mean. You'll see here, Sword of Twilight's Embrace. Three items add 656 spell crit. Well, that means very little to most people. But you'll see here, the crit percentage add-on has now put brackets, and it said that gives you a 3.13% crit. So you can actually work out what each step is giving you when an item tells you it's giving you a crit value. Very handy little thing there. So that's crit percent. Very quick and easy to download. And again, doesn't get in the way of UI. Very nice. Very, very nice. All right, we're going to move on to our next section, which is our guild corner. Um, with the guild corner, we're going to go through. We'll talk about all the guilds that we're in, etc. Uh, to us, since you're our guest, um, you said you had a PS4 guild that you've been playing on. Would you like to shout that out? Uh, yes, I'd like to make a shout out to the Dark Brotherhood Guild. They have helped me out quite a bit actually how to learn to make money in the game and so far i've had about like 30k because of them i've sold like massive amounts of green items that i don't need and they've they've helped me a lot so far in the game so i definitely like to make a shout out to them okay excellent excellent um if anyone would be interested in joining said guild uh do you have a person that they could contact? Or do you know one off the top of your head? <laughs> if <laughs> um, not, you can pretty... give your name. Give your name and have yeah, them reach you... out to you. And you can Yeah, you can them. definitely um, contact me within the game. Um, my name in the game is Setsna, S-E-T-S-N-A. Um, you can contact me also on the PlayStation 4 um, Setsua25, S-E-T-S-U-A-2-5, and I can definitely get you an invite to the guild. All right, excellent. Um, Avi. All right, uh, make sure I'm not muted. Okay, Mortal Entity is a PvE guild for the Daggerfall Covenant. Uh, we're looking for active members interested in doing some more in-game style content. Uh, if you want, but we accept members of all all levels. If you want to join, you can message me in-game at AviOptimal, or you can find us at our website at mortalentity.gamerlaunch.com. Excellent, excellent. Uh, Esteldian. Uh, yeah, uh, Crucio Sanctorum is still open for business on the EU server, Daggerfall Covenant on the PC. Uh, if you're interested, again, we're mainly looking for vet levels, but... You know, it's not exclusive, as long as you don't mind the fact that pretty much everyone else is VR14, so it may be limited in how much interaction you'll get with us while you're leveling up. But yeah, if, you, if you're interested, do pop onto our site at crucialsanctorum.engine.com uh, and go for the recruitment page and just put application in there. Uh, we've got about 30 active members now. I, I like to get rid of people when they've gone for a month if they don't want us, so I like to keep it fairly thin. We're probably looking for about five more members for the ideal 
numbers. We want to stay small and we just have the size of it so we can definitely guarantee getting 12 people on a Wednesday and Friday for our trial nights and obviously means there's usually 10 to 15 people on each night so if we want to do dungeons or vet DSAs or whatever. So that's why we, we like to get to around 35-ish people, keep it small so we all know each other quite well. But yeah, if you're interested, do pop along and throw an application. Excellent. Um, finally, Wings of Fate, which is the Dungeon Crawler Network community guild on the North American Mega server, accepts all peoples of all factions except Dirty Elves. No, we do accept Dirty Elves, but we will mock you. Um, the one thing that I do want to mention is we are a trade guild as well, so we do work on getting a trader. This past few, this past week, it was totally my fault that. We did not get a trader because I did not bid on one because of my milk drinker being born. It totally slipped my mind. So I do apologize to all the people in the guild. Uh, that was an oversight on mine. And I have sent out a call. Um, we are looking for a few new officers within the guild to help us grow and a few other little minor I guess not minor. It's something that we've been working on. Um, we are moving, not moving away from a trade guild, but we are trying to add more as a community aspect of the guild. And I've reached out to several people uh, to work on becoming event coordinators within the guild for various factions. And right off the bat, I'm going to kick it off. Um, I'm going to be a kind of a temporary until uh, my son Ezra kind of, not grows up a bit, but a few in a way, sort of the first few weeks, obviously for any parent who has a child knows that the first few weeks, it's just insanity. Thais is like, it's hell. Um, cause he doesn't, he just feeding all the time. He doesn't know when he sleeps, but over the next few weeks, he should be kind of settling into a routine and kind of acting like what he will act like as a baby going forward. So I'll be able to know what I can do and when um but i will be hosting events for the evan Hart pact for now um there will probably be another event coordinator coming in the future for evan Hart pact and we're going to be doing events we actually will have an event cal calendar on dungeoncrawlernetwork.com slash events or if you sign in uh there is a tab across the top that will say events and you can pull up a quick calendar to show you everything that we're doing over at dungeon crawler network including podcast times um in-game events etc etc and that will continue to grow as we advance out um our very first event um is going to happen this week i'm pulling it up right now <laughs> uh evan Hart packed craglorn event which will be on july 2nd uh, on the North American Mega Server for Evanheart Pact members uh, from 7 p.m. Eastern Time till 9. We're going to run two hours or so. We might do more if we feel like it, but that's kind of like the time I have set aside. Uh, we're going to meet up in Craglorn. I, you can check out the event on, on our site. We're going to meet up in Craglorn. You have to be at least veteran rank one, but anyone who is vet one or above is welcome to join. And we are going to create groups and we're all going to try to move as a group throughout Craglorn, but we might have to separate out to do delves and we'll be taking requests. So for those who don't know, Craglorn is a group adventure zone. Almost everything is 
uh, designed around a group of four members or, or, or more. So we're going to be moving in in a pattern throughout Craglorn. All the quests are 100% repeatable. So even if you've done everything in Craglorn, feel free to show up anyway. I mean, you'll be able to complete the quest, get some money out of it, get some champ experience, that kind of stuff. So it's not useless for anybody, even if you've already finished Craglorn. Uh, if you haven't finished certain things, maybe a certain delve you're stuck on or... Uh, something like that we will be taking requests as we go through going hey i need such and such delve i don't have it finished i haven't finished skyreach yet i haven't done this this or this and we will move as a group and kind of do those as time permits if we have no request we'll just kind of head off in a direction and do whatever quest and delves we come across um so that that should be a fun event again that is going to be july 2nd at 7 p.m eastern time that's a Thursday. Um, so meet in Belkarth, send Ajelos a whisper. That's at A-G-G-E-L-O-S. Send me a whisper, and we will go out and do some questing, delves, world bosses, all those fun little things. So bring your, your veteran rank, and let's, let's have some fun with that. Um, I know, I guess I'm kind of premature, but I'm going to announce it here anyway. Uh, Avi, I think we talked about, he is... he was willing to do the Daggerfall Covenant, correct? Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm going to try to plan some things for the Daggerfall, the Daggerfall side of Wings of Fate to do. Uh, get, some, get some fun events planned out and organized. I'll also be, uh, most likely I'll also be attending the EP, the EP12, just so I can start meeting people in the Wings of Fate, try to get into the team speak a little more. So yeah, uh, look forward to some good stuff coming from the Daggerfall side. Yep. I'm definitely going to have to level a character on Daggerfall just so I can play with you when when uh, you do stuff. So I, w- yeah, I will work luck- on that. Luckily, character. I have an EP. Luckily, I have an EP guy already. So I-, I would love to have one character of every faction just so I can do stuff with everybody. But my main, of course, is Evan Hart. So that's what I will be running, running with. So if you have Evan Hart, come on out. We'll do some Craglorn. Uh, if this is, again, for veteran rank because you can't get into Craglorn unless you're VR1. Um, but we'll we'll try to do some other stuff as well. Um, so if you want to, check out our website, dungeoncrawlernetwork.com slash event. And uh, it'll bring up the calendar and you can see what all we have planned. It's kind of sparse right now, but we're, you know, I'll be working with Avi. And I actually had some other interests from some other people to do some other things. So as, as we get more events, check there. Um, I will post the, the next event in the guild message of the day. It won't be every event. It will just be whatever the next upcoming one is. So that way we're not, you know, a book to read, but that's what we'll do. Um, it is time for a guild raffle. Yes. Are, uh, are we at a point, Estelle Dean, where you can pull up the, the website? Uh, yeah, I got the random org up. All right. All right. Let me pull that up right now. The numbers are 2 through 53 at the moment. Number 37. 37. And that is Lord Obi. All right. Congratulations, sir. I will send you that money in the next couple minutes because I'm in game right now. I just got to find a bank. Uh, so congratulations, sir. Good job. The new uh, the new raffle will start this well right away. Um, 
I will say as a call to all of our active members, um, again, my fault for not being able to be on as often, uh, the guild funds are running fairly low because our um, our raffle has not been as active as it has in past weeks. So we need to try to sure that up a little bit. So keep your keep your eyes open if you if you feel like participating, haven't participated in a while. Definitely, uh, definitely do so. All right. Let's see. I guess that's. Uh, oh no, we got emails and iTunes reviews. Ha <laughs> ha. You'd think I would have done this for like seventy episodes or so, right? <laughs> um. First, we have an iTunes review, five stars, awesome from AKA Salvation. Uh, been listening for some time now, and I got ESO for the Xbone. Well, my condolences. Uh, just kidding. I'm glad you got got what you're after. I'm glad you guys are finally getting to play. I just I have a I have a hate for the Xbox and it's not anything to do with with any of the games that are on it more with some of Microsoft's shady practices that they tried to pull when it was first announced. Um, but anyway, your show is fun and informative and deserves five stars. Thanks for all your hard work and keep it up. Thank you so much. We really do appreciate it. it means it means the world to us. And these reviews definitely help us get more exposure. We get higher ratings. We show up more on iTunes, et cetera. So that's awesome. Um, we also have an email. Greetings. As always, I hope you're feeling great. Since I missed the live show last week, I want to say a few things about the discussion topic with this email. When I was a kid, I loved the waters in games. If there was a chance to jump into water, I would do it. Although it meant instant death for most games back then. So yeah, I love underwater exploration and would be very happy if it was implemented into the Elder Scrolls Online. But the fact that an underwater combat system would require a whole new set of dynamics, mechanics, animations, and abilities makes it a bit of a low priority thing in my opinion. Um... Then there were also lore-wise problems, as you guys discussed, like breathing fire, using melee weapons, etc., etc. So here's what I think. Instead of adding underwater exploration with any combat, it could be implemented as part of a dungeon delves runes with certain puzzles, like the ones in Alien Runes, where you have to turn the crystals or switch press or switch pressure plates, etc., are as part of puzzle quests like those we had to decipher letters, symbols, etc. These puzzles are normally easy when you take your time to solve them, but to have them underwater would put a pressure on us and would be exciting to figure them out in time so you wouldn't die. I actually have more ideas in mind, but I forgot them when I'm writing it. I guess you get the main idea, though, so I won't force my brain to remember them. Basically, I would love to see underwater exploration ESO, though I believe implementing it in a combat system would cause huge a huge content gap due to requirement of a whole new set of features. That's it. Stay awesome. Blood for the pact. That's from Ark here. Thank you so much, Ark. Um, I actually like that idea that you presented. Combat has always been clunky underwater. So I'm sort of okay with no combat other than maybe slaughterfish or maybe them providing some sort of like maybe an alt. I don't know something to battle slaughterfish but it, a good good start would be um you know no combat just letting us explore i like it thank you so much for your thoughts uh does anyone else have any comments on that 
Yeah, uh, I, I, I kind of wish that they would do it more like a Skyrim-style water where you can actually dive. You know, you can run out of breath. You can unlock a lot. You can unlock a chest underwater or uh, push a button to activate something above the water. I like. I'd like it if they added little things like that instead of actually planning out a whole combat system behind it. Right. Yeah. Um, anyone else? Yeah, I, just, I agree with it. I think it's a smart way to go because, as I say, over the years, underwater combat's become quite unpopular. So if you're going to do something with underwater, maybe just introduce it with a kind of side thing you can do optionally. Mm-hmm. Um, get them have some fun with that. I mean, I, I, the last underwater game I played was Kegner's End in um, EverQuest 1. Uh, yeah, no, that was a that was a hell of an experience because of course back then we didn't even have maps anyway, so you can imagine a 3D area and people got lost. But it was great, <laughs> great fun. And if you could navigate your way around that, you were a very sought after guy. Right. Yep. I I yeah. I would love to see the underwater exploration just because it it's kind of annoying to go over a lake or something. And go well, I can't swim under there, but I like the idea of being forced to come up for air eventually. Like this is something like, Hey, there might be treasure, but you better search quick and hope you don't die. You just listened to another episode of tales of Tamriel, a dungeon crawler network production. If you want to get involved, please be sure to check out our website at www.dungeoncrawlernetwork.com. Please be sure to follow us on our social media and YouTube channels. We can be found on Twitch at twitch.tv slash dungeoncrawlernetwork, on Twitter at dungeoncrawlnet, and at Tales of Tamriel, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash Tales of Tamriel podcast. Thank you for listening, and we hope to see you next time.